Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Fight Night Extra on Talksport 2. Good afternoon, if you love your boxing and your MMA, this is the show for you. Find an extra myself, Adi Ladipo, and as always, joined by the great Gareth A. Davis. Today, we're going to hear from Josh Taylor and Jack Cattrall. The pair have begun the build-up to their much-anticipated rematch, a fight that has been almost two years in the making. We'll also hear from Cattrall's manager, Sam Jones, who spoke with us a little earlier. Amanda Serrano has been speaking with Gareth A. Davis. We are going to hear what she had to say about a potential rematch with Katie Taylor. She's been speaking ahead of her homecoming fight in Puerto Rico, which is on the March the 2nd. Plus, we're going to recap UFC 298 and another title dropped by dominant champion as Alexander Volkanovsky is knocked out by Ilya Topuria. Uh, look, loads to go through in the hour. This is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. And then they fell for Then with that team, mandatory comments. So there you go. I think you're just so Three months in Square Garden, you fought a nobody and then fought a 40 year old and still couldn't put him away. You were going to so fight Steve you Claggett. Go. You got folded up in your last fight. But listen, we're here now and I'm looking forward to it. Katie's a tough fighter. I mean, I would love the rematch. I know she, she loves the rematch too because, you know, that's a, a question in, in, her, in her career. And, and I think she wants to prove to everyone that she did win. But, you know, she's not going to have the same amount of the real deal Serrano in there with her. <laughs> MMA commentary because it's just basically us fans. They scream and shout just as we would do. Um, I like it. I think more of that should be in boxing. Uh, let's welcome in the great Gareth A. Davis as we do every single Tuesday afternoon. Gareth, how are you, my man? Hello, good afternoon. I'm being very excited. Do you prefer that, Adiola Depot? Well, we fight commentary, yeah, not just through podcasts. Actually, you, oh, you, so we need to be very rhythmic. There you and go. Trans, there you and, go. And, 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 and translucent, there to transmogrify into different nomenclatures along the way, yeah? I don't know what you just said, that last one, but yes, that nomenclature, yeah, that word. Yeah, a bit more of that. A bit more of that. Uh, but in general, how's it been uh, this week? Obviously, I know you, always busy, doing your interviews all over the place. Um, yeah. Anything special? Anyone you've interviewed a bit special this week? Well, I mean, in, since I saw you last, um, yeah, we've had Amanda Serrano. Wow. I've been for an afternoon with Frank Warren, Mauricio Suleiman today. Hopefully we'll hear from him a little bit later this time to audio, put that audio together on Canelo and, and the heavyweight world. 
Oh, where else have I been? I've been with Ellie Scottney and Rita Avidal Riley. Um, See all this look, in one week. Wow. Oh, and more, and and more. That's all I can remember. There's definitely others. So I've, I'm, something escapes me right now. What was it? We'll get to it. it we'll, we'll get to I'll it. Tell you what it was. I, I'll tell you what it was. I had a sit, an amazing sit down with Hamza Shiraz and his father last Thursday as well. See, loads. That's why I asked the question because I know it's busy. I, I do stalk you on your social media. I see where you are in the world and what you're getting up to. And it's always a busy, busy schedule. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, I really am happy about, really happy about that. Um, and not just because it's on the zone, which, you know, is good because I will be presenting it. But uh, Jack Catchell, Josh Taylor. I'm happy because when I heard that DAZN are going to get it, I was thinking, please do not put this on pay-per-view. Don't do it. Because I felt like Boxer were going to do it. DAZN get the fight. It's not on pay-per-view. And the reaction has been fantastic to it. The press conference, one in Edinburgh, one just today now in Manchester. They're going to come to London and do all the tours of TalkSport and Radio 5 Live. It's a big fight. It feels like a big fight. Yeah, just to plug, I think they're on with White and Jordan tomorrow, and they've they got are. extra security in the studio uh, <laughs> with 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 them. <laughs> Be like the time that Fabio Wardley and uh, Fraser Clark came in. Um, yeah, I mean it's been two years in the making this grudge rematch, hasn't it? I mean the grudge the grudges from Catterall, um, the the vitriol was fa- that 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 Josh Taylor faced it was appalling, really, because it wasn't his fault. He didn't judge the fights. The judges happened to give him a split decision. But it's a fight that, you know, needed a resolution, if you like. Um, it needed this two years later. I'm really pleased it's happening. It's fascinating that Josh Taylor, by the way, Addy, is prepared to go down to uh, 10 stone, back to 10 stone, or stay at 10 stone for it. Obviously, after saying he had no legs in the defeat to Tio Lopez last um June in uh, in Madison Square Garden. So, um, and I was there for that. And he did lose his legs after four or five rounds. Um, it's it's a great fight. I I just make Jack Cattrall a marginal favourite at the moment. But if Josh Taylor gets in phenomenal shape um, and produces his best, it's going to be a real ripper because Cattrall believes he's right and and right is might, and he wants to put the record straight. Even though. Yeah, many of us feel he won that first fight. But uh, yeah, the, the, the two press comments have, have looked very, very juicy indeed. Yeah, they, they have. I mean, if you're Eddie, you're licking your lips because I almost felt like with what's going on and a lot of the big fights going to, to Saudi and obviously Eddie does do lots of fights in America and Mexico. British fight fans are like, well, one second, your bread and butter is here. Big fights back in Britain. What's going on? And I feel like he needed this. I'm not trying to say it would have been the collapse of Matram if he didn't get it, but he needed a big fight back home. It's going to set up the first direct easily, I think. They should have gone bigger. But I think it's important for British boxing that we have big British fights here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Frank Warren's doing great things with Hamza Shiraz and look at him last week. And um, there's been lots of things that he's putting together is magnificent seven card. You look at Ben Shalom's going really, really well with his cruiserweights and his light heavyweights, you know, React Poor, Chris Billum Smith, um, Vidal Riley are all signed to the same promoter in terms of cruiserweights. We've got um we've got that great card on March the thirty first with Chris Congo and Florian Marku on as well. And so um, you know, and also they, you know, Joshua Boatzi and uh, Anthony Yard look like they're going to fight. So there's that elision. Um, so it's really good that that Eddie Hearn is getting some uh, very formidable cards together in the UK. And and you know you're biased because you want to be there, as you say. But it's it's a really really good fight. April the twenty seventh in Leeds. 
All right, um, you did mention that you've been speaking to Mauricio Suleiman, uh, which is interesting. Again, you've been a busy man talking about Canelo, and we, we will talk about Canelo a bit more in depth, but I guess the question put to him was, why isn't it Benavidez next? This is what Mauricio Suleiman had to say. Benavidez has a March confirmation from his last fight, that is uh, when the mandatory becomes in effect. Uh, unfortunately, we're not promoters. We are yeah. regulators. We have left the promoters to deal and try to make uh, the fights surrounding Canelo and Benavides. And we're waiting to hear from them what is exactly where they stand and if the WBC needs to, to take any position and any action. Do you believe that fight will happen? Because it is massive, isn't it? It's a massive fight. I believe it will happen. I, I trust it will happen. It's just a matter of uh, finding the right time and the right uh, uh, moment. Big fights require many different elements. Mm, mm. And that is a fact. We cannot just look look the heavyweight, how long it has taken to come into effect. But I believe that fight is going to take place one day or another. I do love Mauricio Solomon. I mean, let's be honest. We can go straight into this Benavides Canelo now. Right. Mm. Like there's some fights, Gareth, uh, no, by the way, great interview as well. There's some fights that take time to build, and he, he's right, right? I mean, he knows more than anyone about how long it takes to build a big fight. But this one, I almost feel like doesn't require the building that he's referring to. You, you could announce this one now, and I, I feel like everyone would get behind it. Everyone. Yeah, it's massive. I mean, I literally spoke to Mauricio about an hour and a half ago. That was uh, a very small part of a good 45 or I think 40 minute interview in which we talked about the whole heavyweight scene. Mm. The fact that the WBC is now 61 years old this year. They've just wow. celebrated. Yeah. 61 years old. Um, very, very old sanctioning body, but probably the most significant and most um, erudite, if I can call it that for going into our, uh, into our um, vocab today. Um, but one of the most erudite, um, probably the most erudite sanctioning body around people accuse, um, Mauricio Suleiman of being very Machiavellian, but I think he's he's actually he's a brilliant businessman, um, and he runs the World Boxing Council with the the growth of boxing in mind. We spoke about many things. I've known him a long time, and I think the the point he's making. I don't necessarily agree with him here, by the way, mm. because I think they should be ordering. Obviously, they're ordering the mandatory, um, kind of in brackets again. That's David Benavides for Canelo. Um, I think the fight will happen. Um, it's very, very weird that we don't know the actual opponent yet because we're going to look at um, four names potentially are in the hat because there's Jaime Munguia there. There's this kind of very strange, but a fight I'm a big fan of, Terence Crawford super fight with, with Saul Canelo Alvarez. And Alvarez has said he has everything to lose by um, fighting Terence Crawford. And it shows you, by the way, not his deep fear, and I don't mean fear, but his concern for his legacy about losing someone like Terence Crawford shows you how good Crawford is in Canelo's mind. Um, but I think that outside your super fights of the heavyweights and, you know, the Ryan Garcia's and the Tank Davis and um, Devin Haney, Blomachenko, and these guys, Shaka Stevens, Keyshawn Davis, Tio Lopez, outside those... This is probably the biggest fight in boxing because it's one that will cross over enormously in Mexico. 
Um, they could put that in a 120,000 Azteca stadium. Um, yeah, I'm surprised or, you just said outside of them because I, I, I don't think there's any fight apart from maybe Fury AJ that's bigger than Canelo versus Benavides. Any. Yeah, in terms of, I think you're right. I think globally, um, in terms of the numbers that will watch it, um, just based on Mexico alone. Yeah, and yeah. then <laughs> those in the sports world that will will grow it. Because Benavidez is a great talker as well. He can play the villain in this. Mm. And Canelo can play the quiet guy, does a bit of golf. You know, he's got his properties all over the world and his uh, mariachi bands. And yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's one of those fights f- for me that we must see. Um, you know, we, we, I was talking with someone the other day, I can't remember who we were talking about, how legacy crosses over into the next generation. And I think it might have been Adam Catterall, myself, on Saturday night, and how Mayweather fought Canelo when he was young, and that the legacy, therefore, of Mayweather follows on. If Canelo, who's going to retire in four or five fights, fights and beats Benavides, his legacy will carry on when Benavides carries on. Do you know, now. Do you know so, how the Mexicans view Benavides? Obviously, look, he's got. I think his mother's from Ecuador, isn't he? His father mm. from Mexico. He was born in America. Like, have the Mexicans gravitated to him? Like, if he were to fight Canelo in Mexico, will it just be full Canelo support, or will a portion of Mexicans be cheering for Benavides? Well, it's the ten eighty ten rule, and I think the ten ten ninety rule probably applies to Canelo in Mexico. He's, you know, he, he's similar to um, Pacquiao? Manny Pacquiao, which we must mention today, by the way, if we can. Yeah, we'll uh, Manny Pacquiao we'll in, talk about him, yeah, yeah. in the Philippines, talk about the Olympics because that's happened today. Yeah. Um, the, 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 there's such an adoring public for Canelo. There's there's such a level of love for him that Benavides would be the massive underdog with the, with a very partisan support for Canelo. I mean, it'd be 90-10 uh, in my view for Canelo and no swinging either way in terms of, you know, what goes on in, in the build-up. No, he's so popular. He's, you talk to... You talk to anyone involved in Mexican boxing, you talk to um, Oscar De La Hoya about him, even though they're not together anymore. You talk about um, him to anyone like Don Chargin, who's passed now, um, was a brilliant old promoter. He used to promote with his wife in in Los Angeles and discovered Canelo for Oscar De La Hoya by seeing his his body shots, those arcing, hooking body shots that he throws. Um, And he spotted... Don Chargin, by the way, who, who's passed away now. I went to see him in his home on the um, California coast in Cambria just before he did pass away about six, seven years ago. And um, this is a guy I remember who used to, when he was a kid, a teenager, he used to go and stand ringside and watch Sugar Ray Robinson training. This is Don Chargin. And he really says, you've got to understand the love that the Mexicans have for Canelo. It's just, it's, it's almost unshakable. So he'd be a big favourite in that fight anyway for me. I just think Canelo, when he's up against someone that really challenges him, and it's and especially someone like Benavidez, who's a bull, it's a proper Mexican fight that. It's, it's an all-time classic if those two step into the ring. It's almost got to happen. Otherwise, we can't, we can't finish this era as happy men, Eddie. No, honestly, it's one. It's a fight where I mean, if Canelo were to go into that fight again, you're talking a real serious threat now, like in terms and a threat of someone that could hurt him. Whereas Bivol was a case about boxing him. This is someone that can hurt him. And if he were to beat a Benavides, who is the new king of this era, right? These young kids. I mean, then there's a serious question as to where Canelo sits when it's this all-time great discussion because he, he would have taken on fighters from so many different eras and, and won. And I think you know a, a proper discussion needs to be had. 
uh, with people like yourself, boxing historians, about where Canelo really sits on this pound-for-pound pound great list of, of all time. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we are going to look back at UFC 298. We are going to hear from the great Amanda Serrano as well. But up next, we're talking all things Josh Taylor, Jack Cattrall. Performs like that and beats the champion in his own backyard and gets absolutely robbed. Jack Cattrall is so close now to the night of his boxing life. And still, I'm actually embarrassed tonight because I'm promoting this event and I couldn't see how 114, 111. He put up a good fight, that's for sure. But he never won the fight. The moment you think you work all your life, you're going to get crowned a world champion after a performance like that, and it's snatched away from you. It's, it's disgusting. I don't even know what to say. That was Jack Cattrall's night. I want you to go in there and straighten that one out properly, and I hope you're going to do it. How many things do I need to say to you? I've already said it to you three times in this interview. I will fight him again. Bubbling up very, very nicely. Welcome back to Final Extra uh, on TalkSport 2. Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. Yes, it has been signed, it's sealed, and it will be delivered as well. April 27th, uh, Josh Taylor versus Jack Cattrall. the fight we've been waiting for for over two and a bit years. At the time of the fight, remember the first fight was undisputed. All the marbles on the table, uh, both of those guys were unbeaten. Not the time, not the same this time round. No belts on the line, but the hostility still there. The hate is still there. And let's hear from both of them. They went back and forth in the first press conference in Edinburgh a couple of days ago. Jack went away and took another fight. Instead of Ben Shalom getting the fight done and getting it rescheduled, <laughs> We're not bothered. he went and took another We're fight. Now. And then that We're fell through. <laughs> then by that time, <laughs> mandatory comes. So there you go. I think you're just was frustrated. Fight Madison Square fight. Garden. You fought a nobody and then fought a 40-year-old and still couldn't put him away. You were going to yeah, fight so Steve Claggett. You got folded up in your last fight. But listen, we're here now. And I'm looking forward to it, Eddie. Yeah, comes to fight, then great. The, the, the referee this time doesn't allow the... I put you on your ass your last fight. Yeah, and you got, got smashed you in your last fight. You still got beat. Because you were never so, done all the rest of the fight. You can't even see straight. So I'm going to smash you to pieces. So there you go. So, you're lost. Why don't you go Why and phone the police? Ring? In the House of Parliament. Go and get them like, let into the police again, you grass. So much going into this fight. I mean, it's not often, Gareth, that we do say fighters hate each other because at the end of the day, it's, it is competition and you can understand how fighters, you know, amp it up a little bit. But these two genuinely do not like each other. Hence why everywhere there is, they're going. I mean, they're going to be at talk sport tomorrow. There will be security. I'm doing the face-off tomorrow. I've been told there's extra security. I mean, it's a real hatred. And when it's real, I don't mind it. I don't like the WWE stuff, but the real stuff, I don't mind. Well, I, I don't know. As long as it doesn't get out of order tomorrow, they really, you know, they, they want to get at each other's throats, Addy, and um, there'll be security when you do your sit-down with them tomorrow because they're going to talk about a lot of personal things. Um, those things there, I mean, it did, uh, I'd say it tickled me. If it tickled me, it's going to tickle the, uh, the trolls and the audience out there that, um, and, and the, the, the hardcore fans that want to see this, that, mm. you know, there's stuff to go on, like... Um, Taylor going on about Lindsay Hoyle, the MP for Chorley, being uh, raising was there corruption in the scoring in Parliament? Um, it, there's so much. There's so many layers to to discuss around this. And you know, as, as April the 27th comes into focus, 
Um, we're still we're still in February, remember? So it's quite a good build up for it. I hope they keep this going through their camps because uh, it's going to be mouth watering when they eventually do step into the ring in in Leeds um, on April the twenty seventh. I hope we're all there. Yeah. Um, with that, I'm happy you mentioned that it is in Leeds, the first direct arena. I think I looked at it the other day, and I think it's a capacity of like thirteen or so thousand, which is big, right? I mean. I mean, uh, Josh Warrington's treated us to so many great fights there. And when it is packed, it's a fantastic atmosphere. Yeah. But will Eddie, in the back of his mind, think, yeah, we maybe should have gone the AO Arena in Manchester, which is 21,000 or somewhere a bit bigger? Yeah, I mean, I am quite surprised myself. Maybe it wasn't possible to get it on the date. Maybe, it will yeah. come down to dates and, uh, and you know, what are lines in at that time. You know, asking people to come down from Scotland and from Chorley or to come out from Lancashire to the O2 Arena is probably a bit of a stretch. Mm. Um, they're probably thinking it's uh, it's a good one in terms of a fairly neutral venue, and they will sell it out. I don't think there's any question that this fight will sell out um, the arena because, like you say, 13,000, 14,000 in there, it's going to create an incredible atmosphere. Um, and, and the fight itself... Um, Jack Cattrall's got a very, very difficult style um, to beat. He, you know, he, he, he doesn't, when you think of his style, he's just incredibly solid, brilliant foundations under Jamie Moore. Um, as always, always comes with a great game plan. Never loud, really, Josh Taylor. Struggled as he did as undisputed champion on one of the worst nights I've ever seen him on, just to try and find his rhythm. Um, Cattrall never allowed him to find that rhythm. Um, but it was a very, uh, what I'll say is, that was a very, very close fight. And if you recall, um, I think the, the judge on the night, Ian John Lewis, was was pulled in front of the boxing water control and he's fallen out with them since. Um, you know, one of the things that I spoke to Mauricio Suleiman about earlier, which um, I'm, I'm kind of didn't have a chance to get over to in terms of audio, um, he wants to have six referees, sorry, six judges for some fights because sometimes two out of three judges can get things wrong because um, they did an experiment with a ton of judges judging about and still three out of 30 got it wrong, I think. So it just shows that maybe we need to look at how the scoring system is in boxing. It could be another very close fight. Um, but as I say, I just, I don't know about you, but I just edge towards Jack Catterall because right is might. And he just might feel that he is the one that really needs to set the record straight here rather than Josh Taylor, who's got a different kind of record to set straight and put his career in many ways back on track. Yeah, no, no. I, yeah, I edge towards Jack as well. And and I say edge because it will be closer. I'm not mm -hmm. with the people that think Josh is done. I'm like, one second, Josh lost to Tiafimo Lopez, who a week ago was the best 140 pounder on the planet. He's not that bad. But with Josh, I mean, again, going into the first fight, undisputed, Easily the best fighter in Britain. Pound for pound, top six or seven. There's a lot of talk about him going up to 147 to take on Crawford or Spence. That's how highly thought of, highly thought of sorry, he was. Going into this fight, he isn't that, is he? You don't look at Josh as a top-level pound-for-pound guy anymore. Where is he mentally, Josh, and physically, having to boil down to 140? Well, this is what concerns me for him because... You know, 140 does look difficult for him at the moment. He said his legs had gone against Tiafimo Lopez. It might have just been the way he tapered down. Um, there was a lot of talk about him going up to 147. I almost certainly think he will after this if, um, if he wins. Um, if he loses, it's a really difficult one because um, 
he's got to find something inside himself. I, I mean, Josh, you've stood next to Josh. He's not a small man. Um, he's a very tall, lean fighter, you know, close to six foot. Mm. Um, and, he, and he's, you know, early 30s now. He's got a lot of weight to lose. He looks in shape already. I will say that, though. Um, you know, he, he loves a, a feed and a drink. And he does look like he's already getting himself. He, he looked sharp and kind of groomed and like, like he'd already started losing weight at the two press conferences uh, this week, Monday and today. Um, it's fascinating. It really is because, like you say, he's been at the very highest echelons of the sport, that incredible run in the 10-stone tournament, uh, winning the Muhammad Ali Trophy, a brilliant run where he, he beat a raft of great fighters, um, including um, Regis Progre in that brilliant fight at the O2 Arena. And then, of course, the undisputed title against Jose Benavides in Las Vegas in lockdown. In many ways, he really needs a big victory to get his career back on track at this stage. Yeah, I mean, it can't suffer those losses back to back. And I, and I say back to back to back, it could be because I thought Jack beat him and then obviously the T.O. fight and then this one, he needs a good performance. And I actually think we are going to get a very good uh, Josh Taylor. A bit of breaking news that'll be interesting to see your reaction uh, to this one. Um, obviously, uh, Jack Cattrall is trained by Nigel Travis and Jamie Moore. They also have or had Chantel Cameron in their stable as well. Fantastic performances from her recently against uh, Katie Taylor. We are hearing now that Chantel Cameron has split from Jamie Moore and Nigel Travis, which I find interesting. Again, her run with them has been fantastic. And it's yeah, it has. And, and, and it surprises me, this one. Uh, surprised as well? Yeah, I am. I've got to say that because I thought they were a great team. And um, when you talk about um, great trainers and what they can do for their charges... Um, I'll never forget the interview I had with Chantel after she beat uh, Katie Taylor the first time. In, in the, the, and they've been two amazingly brilliant, entertaining and close fights where uh, the, these two protagonists have literally given everything. I, she reminded me that um, even though she was the champion and Katie Taylor walked in last in that first fight in Dublin, um, Jamie, it was Jamie Moore and Nigel Travers who kept her so calm for the eight-minute walk-in that Katie Taylor really milked uh, at the Three Arena. And, uh, you know, she said, had it not been for them, I might have just lost my nerve for a minute because I get so nervous. So I'm very surprised. It might just come down to her needing a change to bring about a change in the style for the third fight. It didn't work the second time. Taylor, taking nothing away from her, by the way, was brilliant in the second fight. She maybe just needs a change. Um, I I don't really see it logically, but people always have their reasons, Eddie. They certainly do. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Next up, we are going to hear from Amanda Serrano, who's been speaking to Gareth A. Davis as she looks ahead to her fight March 2nd. Uh, big fight for her in Puerto Rico. And we're going to have more on that breaking news regarding Chantel Cameron as well. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Adi Oladipo, Gareth A. Davis. Still got loads to come uh, in the next sort of, half an hour on the show. Let's now hear from the great Amanda Serrano, who says a rematch with Katie Taylor is the only thing that would make her consider returning to fight in two-minute rounds. Interesting. The Puerto Rican star sold out Madison Square Garden for a classic with Taylor in 2022 and has since set her sights on fighting three-minute rounds more often. However, she has been speaking with Gareth and she said the opportunity to step in with Taylor again would be enough to get her back to shorter rounds. Katie, Katie's a tough fighter. I mean, I would love the rematch. And I know she she loves the rematch too because, you know, that's a, a question in, in her in her career. And, and I think she wants to prove to everyone that um she did win, but you know, she's not she's not gonna have um the same amount of the real deal Serrano in there with her, you know, and, and like I've been saying, you know, Katie is the only girl that I'm willing to go back to the two minutes. Um if she takes the three minutes, then I'm that's even better for me. But you know, Katie, um, yeah, she will get the two minutes if she if she wants it. But I would definitely love the rematch if she if she wants it. And and I think um this time I um I will get the the knockout. <laughs> Um, can I talk to you about two and three minute rounds? I have very, I mean, I've been in the sport a long time. I've supported women's boxing a long time. I supported the, the, the court case that Jane Couch had 27 years ago against the British Boxing Board of Control to become the first licensed professional in the UK. And I, you know, followed Jane's, and Jane's a f- lunatic, frankly, but um. <laughs> But she 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 goes way back when where she had no money. She slept in journalists' rooms in hotels because she had no money. She fought everyone. Um, she's a legend. She's in the Hall of Fame this summer, which I'm really delighted about. Deserving, yeah, deserving. Absolutely. Yeah. But I, you know, you know this yourself. Aerobic and anaerobic is different with two and three minute rounds. But I have a theory that some of the most exciting fights we're seeing at the moment are women's fights because they're two-minute rounds. And maybe men's fights will go to two-minute rounds eventually. 
Um, you know, um, not necessarily. I think um, we make exciting fights depending on, on, on who we're fighting, the, the girls who are fighting each other. Um, yeah. The best fight best now, and that's what makes exciting fights to go out there. You know, South does make, do make fights, so depending on in there. But I have the same um, output uh, in three minutes that I did in two minutes, you know. Um, I, I as you saw my last fight, I it went there. I threw like over a thousand punches, and I went out there and, and I fought as if I was fighting the two minutes. So yeah. um, that's just that's just who I am. That's just who I think the three minutes allows us to get an extra minute of either you know going out there and 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 fighting. But sometimes the two minute rounds with women, it, like I said, thousand make fights. Some two minutes are really boring. They're not exciting. So yeah. <laughs> that's sloppy. So we don't have. It's like. Two minutes to me is like a it's like a sprint. Like you have to go out there and we have to just give it all. You don't have time to like to do the head movements or to set up the punches. Now with the extra minute, we can sit down and relax a little bit, set up. Maybe we'll have the most the more devious knockouts and stuff. But I think it's just um we just the two minutes is just so it's such sloppiness and yeah. and we have to you know showcase that. I absolutely love Amanda Serrano. There aren't that many mm. boxers on planet Earth that I really adore. And when she fights, it almost reminds me of when I was young, watching Mike Tyson, like when they get hurt. I'm like, no, 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 stop. Like, I really adore her. And, you know, I was lucky enough to be with her in um, in Texas for one of her fights on the undercard of a Jake Paul fight. And when Jake Paul was fighting Nate Diaz, she took me for lunch. I don't really know her, but she said, let's go for lunch. We, we went, she sat down, told me some amazing stories, took me to a sneaker shop, bought sneakers for me. Uh, she, she, she must have been, uh, spent about $800 on me uh, just buying sneakers. I was like, oh, I felt bad. She's like, no, no, take them. Take them. Honestly, big, big fan of hers. And I'm happy now into this part of her career that she's getting paid, getting the recognition. Because as you know, Gareth, she's been doing this for a long, long time without getting paid, without getting the fanfare, all the love. And now she's fighting back in Puerto Rico. She's getting paid high six figures, maybe even seven figures for some fights. She so deserves it. Look, 35 years old. Well, I got a, I'll add my own little story to that. Um, she sent me a message after we did that interview saying, oh, you're such a good interviewer. I'm not. She's just brilliant. And I was very excited. You can't say that she said that. You can't. We, we can't. We, what's this? What are we, what are we doing here? We, no, we, no, we're no, giving ourselves I'm, pats on the no, back through no, someone. We have no proof saying, of this or anything that she said this. No. Well, we got no proof about these sneakers. I, I, I bought like, them in. I tagged her. She reposted it, everything. Okay, well, that's fine. No, but what I'm saying is, I'm not saying it to glorify myself. I'm saying it because I was, I was just being very effusive towards her. Mm. Uh, in that, that was a portion of the interview. Um, I, I, I'd been running around trying to get a connection at the time, and we were slightly late starting. Uh, it was on a Zoom call. And, you know, um, she's 35 years of age. I like this matchup with uh, Nina Meinke, by the way, on March the 2nd, I think it is, because mm. uh, she's been very active um, in the last two years. Four fights in 2022, three fights in 2023. Um, it's a really, really good fight for mm. as far as I'm concerned. Like you say, back in, back in Puerto Rico. I think there's an argument that in terms of her actual style, and I'll throw this out there, she is the best pound for pound in terms of technical skills as a boxer, um, ferocious come forward counter punching fighter uh, in the style of a of a Vasil Lomachenko. If I can compare her to him as another featherweight, if you like. Um, but what I really like about her is I think that she's a legendary figure. She's eschewed 
the WBC title. She's got all the other belts because they won't let her box three minute rounds. She's sticking uh, two minute, yeah, three minute rounds. So she's sticking to her guns. She's a pathfinder. She's as much a lightning rod in the sport as Katie Taylor is. And and I, I revised my view about her the other day, and I and I and I, I went away and I thought I'm going to go and have a little look at her again. When you watch her box. I don't think there's another woman on the planet who's as good a box as good a pure boxer as her. Discuss. Yeah, Clarissa has to be there. Like Clarissa's a pure boxer. Like aggressive as well. On the front foot. Take it too. Like the way she took it to Savannah. Like it's weird because I revised it's interesting you said it, because I actually revised my opinion of Clarissa based on the Savannah fight. I was like, yeah. oh, I don't think Clarissa's going to be as aggressive against Savannah because Savannah, as you've known, being around her for so long, it's just so much bigger. But mm. when she was on the front foot against Savannah, I was like, okay, she is an aggressive, pure boxer, dog-like fighter. So I, I definitely, no qualms of what you said about Amanda. I think Amanda ticks all those boxes. I'll just have Clarissa with her as sort of pound for pound in terms of just pure boxer aggression on the front foot and can bang a bit. I'd say Clarissa as well. Yeah, I just think I just think Amanda on the inside, the way she sways, the way she moves, her in and out work, the footwork. I, I I just listen. You can't discount Clarissa Shields as being right up there as well. But right now, I'm going Amanda Serrano, pound for pound, number one. I, I don't, I don't, I can't argue with it. It's it's tough between quite a few girls, but she, yeah, she's right up there. Um, on that, obviously, she mentioned that she wants to have that fight again with Katie Taylor. Who wouldn't want to see that, by the way? Fantastic fight. You were there front and centre, Madison Square Garden, the greatest atmosphere I think both of us experienced mm -hmm. in many years. Uh, it does look like, though, that we are going to get the trilogy between Chantel Cameron and Katie Taylor. Uh, Chantel Cameron has been speaking to The Independent, and she said that a date's been set of the 25th of May between her and Katie. It's not going to happen at Croke Park. It's likely to go happen at the Free Arena. What I do want to get to, though, is the split thing again uh, between her... Jamie Moore and Nigel Travis. She went on to say, it's been very amicable between me and my old team. I love them to pieces and think the world of them. I uh, think the world of them, sorry. There's been no fallout. It was just the fact that I needed something new. I needed a change. Um, just a first defeat. So just after one defeat, you need something new and a change. Am I being a bit harsh on her here? Or do, is it okay to have... I mean, look, boxers know when they want to try something new, don't they? And she's maybe just come to a point where a new voice in the corner, a, a new training technique, a new camp. That's probably why she's gone. Yeah, and also you've got to remember that um, Chantel was um, commuting um, between Northampton and the north of England all the time for her camps uh, and training camps. And perhaps she just wants to change and uh, change and be clo slightly closer to home. Um, it'll be fascinating to see who she revises yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that with. Um, what it also does, though, Addy, um, before we go into our break, is it really adds to the amazing year. And I'm going to throw this out there. I've been saying it for a couple of weeks now with all these fights announced. We've talked about um, Catterall and Taylor, a very important fight that needs to be made on April the 27th. This is now May the 25th. Um, May the 18th, the week before we got the undisputed title, June the 1st, um, the undisputed light heavyweight title between Arta Betabiev and Dmitry Bivol. Um, I'm not joking. This first, we've got Naganu and, and Joshua coming up, uh, Zhang and Parker. Um, there are so many other fights. Hamza Shiraz has just shown us some amazing things. Opatia Bradis. Opatia Bradis. We, 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 
uh, we are looking, in my view, at the best six months that I can remember for a very, very long time. And if the year goes on like this, and we do get, let's say, um, more big heavyweight fights, and Canelo does fight Benavidez this year, um, I've said it a couple of times in the last week, this could be one of the seminal years in boxing history. Look what's happened with the investment in Saudi Arabia, the big American fights, are all working together. Amazon Prime, I think it's March the 30th, is the Amazon Prime first event. Huge platform. Tim Hsu, Keith Thurman, Rolly Romero, Oscar De La Hoya working with, um, with, with Al Heyman, the American promoters and lots of managers working together. Boxing is really, really starting to take an amazing shape on yeah, it's, it's, it is incredible. Uh, you're right. And we're talking just the first six months and we, we still haven't heard anything about Javante Tank Davis, Terence Bud Crawford, Errol Spence is still out there as well. We're waiting to see what goes on with him. I mean, one, once those guys announce what they're doing as well to what we've already got guaranteed, I mean, again, boxing fans like to moan. And I get it, all right? We've, we've been sort of dealt some tough hands over the last few years, but the last two or three years have been sensational and i think there's so much more to come all right you're listening to find an extra on talk sport 2 next up we're going to switch gears talk about a ufc Welcome back to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. All right, let's put uh, boxing to the side for a second. Talk a bit of uh, MMA. We're going to focus uh, on the world of UFC. UFC 298 in the books from the weekend. Another champion uh, dethroned um, Ilya Tupiria, uh, stopping uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, who's been uh, the long-reigning uh, featherweight champion. A lot of people forget that because of his two defeats with Makachev. Remember, that was at 155 pounds. At 145, he's dominated for the last couple of years. Um, where are you right now on just... Uh, and we'll we'll get into um, the fights uh, specifically in a minute. But where are you in just the star power of UFC at the moment? Uh, I almost and I have this argument all the time or debate all the time. I just don't feel like it's where it once was. The stars haven't yet come through the way maybe Dana would have wanted them to. I had a big chat um, for Talk Sport with Michael Bisping about this, and he was selling UFC three hundred on April the thirteenth. <laughs> you better keep selling. Um, keep selling exactly. I'm um, buying. There's a load of great matchups on the card. You know, Justin Gaethje, Max Holloway the, the, for the BMF title. Um, you can't say that what it is out loud because it's too rude for our station. Um, Charles Oliveira and Armand Sarukian, um, Prashetska and Rakic, um, Willy Zhang and um, Yan Shannon. And the headline announced as Alex Pereira and Jamal Hill. You know, I was at UFC 200. Mm. I was at UFC 100 uh, live at those events. And the star power on those events, Brock Lesnar on both of them, um, some amazing fighters, George St. Pierre, and all the stars at the time, yeah. Cain Velasquez, it went on and on and on. Um, they're, they're, sometimes I think we get a little bit hooked on star power um, and we get favourites and we stick with them a little bit. And UFC or MMA moves a little bit quicker than boxing in lots of ways. The careers are tending to be shorter. But I think I think UFC 300, without a Michael Chandler and Conor McGregor on it, without a John Jones um, against a Tom Aspinall, without a John Jones against Stipe Miocic, I think it... I, I'm not criticising them because they're doing the best they can do with it. And they are an phenomenally successful promotional uh, league um but but 
there, there, there aren't maybe you can't replicate a John Jones, a Conor McGregor, an Anderson Silva, a, a George St. Pierre. Maybe they only come around every now and then. But again. he's always been able to do it. I remember that there was always critique of day, well, not critique, but then it always used to shut down the fact that stars retire or leave. And it's like, look, I've been in this for a long time. New stars will come. And he's been correct all the time because there have been new stars. I just wonder if he's the want of um, a Sean O'Malley or a, or a Hamzat. Or a, I just wonder if they're, they're where they need to be yet. And I don't think they are. They're not big pay-per-view number guys. And there certainly hasn't been a big pay-per-view number female either since Amanda Nunes left. Like, even the females, like, there is no big super female star at the moment. No, you're right. There's no Misha Tate. There's no Holly Holm, Ronda Rousey. I remember, you know, remember I knew Ronda before she was Ronda Rousey, before she was rowdy. That and you know, before that that whole moment exploded in 2013, just over a decade ago. Now, I was deep in um, presenting and broadcasting on on UFC at the time, and you know, being very involved in in a, not a huge group of media at the time. Um, trying to tell the world that all it was was a matter of eyes on the sport and it would grow. And indeed it has, because it's an extraordinary sport and they do pick the best tribal fighters in mixed martial arts that they can find anywhere on the planet. Um, there is, there will, that they will come that they built it. So there will always be a trickle down of great fighters who become stars. Let me throw Addy into UFC 298 at the weekend. You're mentioning females. One of the very best fights I've seen for a very long time was the last fight on the prelim card that lit me up at three in the morning. Amanda Lemos against Mackenzie Dern. I don't know if you saw it. I did. But I felt sorry for Mackenzie. What a great fight. But, but, what, but what, yes, you did feel sorry for her. But she had moments, because she's a brilliant world champion in jiu-jitsu, there were moments on the ground where that place, the roof would have come off that place in the Honda Center um, in Anaheim if she had just reversed getting a beating from Amanda Lemos. That that was an incredible fight. And if you're listening to this and you haven't watched it and you've got a chance to go back and watch it, you cannot believe the heart, spirit, of Mackenzie Dern, who will be a champion one day because she's got it. And what I was delighted to know about with 10 men on the main card, those women were paid six and seven on the card. Amanda Lemos earned 160K and uh, Mackenzie Dern 200K dollars, that is. But I'm so glad they're earning good money because they put everything on the line in that fight. It was an extraordinary advert for women's mixed martial arts. Yeah, and again, it doesn't matter if you lose as well. Mackenzie Dern's on a bit of a skid, but she, she comes, she fights, she's got up as well. And I agree, I think if she continues to improve on a few holes that she's got, I think she could be definitely within the championship contention. Um, there has been uh, something very interesting in the last couple of days. Obviously, we know that the WWE, WWE and the UFC have merged, and it was so good to see Michael Chandler at a recent WWE event. Let's just listen to it anyway. This is what Michael Chandler had to say when he was given the mic. Please welcome UFC lightweight fighter, Michael Chandler! Hey, what's up, Anaheim? Oh, hey, you are now in the presence of the most entertaining UFC fighter on the planet. Okay. Hey, now there's a man from Ireland 
has been making me wait for way too long. And I still got one dude on my mind. Conor McGregor, get your candy out. Back to the octagon. We got some unfinished business, boys. God bless. I'll see you at the top. Fantastic. That's that's it. You get a moment, grab the mic like that in a, in a different audience. I say different audience, actually. A lot of MMA fans actually are big WWE fans as well. But get your mic and call out someone like that. It sounded like he was just perfectly built for this. I love the call out from Chandler. Look, um, someone had given Michael whatever it was, 90 seconds to do his thing there on the WWE um, broadcast that was in uh, California as well, I think. Of it course. was Anaheim, um, yeah, California. It was at the Anaheim. Was it the night before, or the night after? Um, look, he did a great job. I know Michael very well from his days uh, in Bellator. I've spent many an hour with him in Hawaii and other places um, along his career. He's a fantastic man and fighter, and I know his wife, who's a doctor, very well. And um, you know his adoptive son, who's who's um, of mixed race as well. He's a beautiful person. Michael Chandra, an amazing warrior, a mini Mike Tyson with his striking. Um, and also, by the way, he I think we saw him step on the scales, Eddie, and I think he's 190 pounds. And I think that was an indication. I don't know if that was... Uh, I saw him do that in another um, social media video around that. And he's just trying to say to Conor McGregor, come on, let's just make this. They can make it maybe at 185. They can make it a 180. Um he wants the fight with Conor McGregor and it's a thrilling prospect. Um, when they put it on, I don't know. I was hoping they'd announce it, if I'm fair, uh, to be honest about it. I wanted it on April the 13th at UFC 300. Final hot take for myself here. I don't think Conor McGregor ever will step into an octagon again. I think he, he's done from fighting. If it, it will be an exhibition type fight in Saudi Arabia, I think that will be that. Gareth A. Davis, as always, my man, great hour. Packed so much into it. Uh, we'll see you guys again next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.